How many of you believe that God has supernatural power to do supernatural things? Raise your hand. Yes. And I wonder how many of you, again, show of hands, if I were to share with you how you could access that power in your daily life, how you could grab a hold of that power, not just today, but all week this week, how many of you would want to know how to do that? Show of hands. Amen. You know, what I'm going to share with you today is a game changer. That if you truly grab a hold of what God has to say to us about his power that took Jesus from the cross to the crown, from suffering to glory, if we could grab a hold of that power, we could literally turn this world upside down. Can I have an amen to that? See, that's what we're called to do. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, in writing a prayer to the believers in Ephesus, wrote in Ephesians chapter 1, you can look on the screen, this prayer. I pray, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you might know the hope to which he's called you, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, And that you might know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, and not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Paul says, I want you to know, I want you to grasp, I want you to perceive, I want you to understand how immeasurably great is his power, not out there, look at me, church, but in us, in us. Can I have an amen to that? In us. And the same power, he tells us, that it took to raise a dead man is the power that's in you and me through his spirit. See, we need to understand you got the power. Say it with me. I got the power. Say it again. I got the power. See, when you have his spirit living in you, you've got all the power you need because his spirit lives in you. And he says it's the same power. Listen to me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and me. That power is available to us. Now, so often we think, I just need more power. No, you don't. You don't need more power. You just got to flick the switch on the power you got. You need to understand you got the power. Say it with me. I got the power. And so I just need to flip the switch. Yeah, say that. I just need to flip the switch. That's it. 
see, we need to understand Paul wrote it this way in Romans 8.11. If the spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells, dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I don't know about you, but when that alarm goes off in the morning, I don't feel a lot of life flowing through this mortal body. Especially this morning with six services this weekend. I wasn't feeling much life till I got in here. And then I could experience it with all of you here together. The question is, when... When have you experienced God's power? When have you experienced his power in your life? Maybe you saw an answer to prayer. Maybe you saw a miraculous provision. Maybe there was an insight into an issue or problem. And you stepped back and said, whoa, God is good. God is loving. God is caring. Maybe you saw him answer in some way. When? Have you experienced, and here's my next question, where, where right now do you need his power? Where do you need his power? See, we need to understand that he is there for us. Notice this passage of scripture says, this is your glorious inheritance, his immeasurable power that not only raised Christ from the dead, but he took him all the way up to heaven, seated him at the right hand of the Father, above all dominion, all powers, all authorities, so that nothing and no one is more powerful than my Jesus. Can I have an amen to that? See, that's what we need to grab a hold of, that immeasurable power. The power over defeat. The power to trust. The power to not be afraid. The power over death. The power over doubt. The power to give up control. That's the power he's got. So the question comes, how do I get this power? How do I get it in me? Paul writes in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation. Paul is saying, I stand up and I proclaim the fact it's God's power that saved me from a self-righteous Pharisee that I am. Paul said, it's God's power and I'm not ashamed to tell anybody the gospel of Christ. What's gospel? The word gospel literally means good news. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, here's the good news. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised the third day, according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 1 says the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, we need to understand the early church, when they focused on what took place, they kept saying these through these words, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus came back to life. Why is that so important? Because people then could go back to the tomb and see it's empty. And the fact that it's empty showed that they had the power. It's a fact. It's a truth. And so we celebrate today. Why? Because it's true, the tomb is empty. You can go over to Jerusalem today and you're not going to find any body whatsoever in that tomb. Because the tomb is empty. And that fact 
Paul says, if the resurrection of Christ is not true, we are pitied. We are hopeless. We got no hope because if Christ isn't raised from the dead, then Christ is still dead. If Christ isn't raised from the dead, all your loved ones are still dead. If Christ isn't raised from the dead, then you, when you die, are just going to die, and you're not going anywhere else. But then Paul finished and said, but Christ is risen from the dead. And as a result, we have the power of God. How do you get that power? By trusting Jesus, by admitting you're a sinner. And you can't do anything to earn favor with God. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He who confesses with his mouth Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Trust in Jesus. Or you may be sitting here today and say, I already did that. I already know Jesus is my Savior. I know I'm his. I know I'm his child. I know I'm on the way. Then how do you Access that power. The second step is found in Acts 1.8. Jesus, gathering with his disciples after he'd been resurrected, said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, what you have to do is understand you got to not just trust Jesus, but depend on the Spirit. Depend on the Spirit who lives in you. Peter, the one who denied Christ three times, wrote this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's what? Power are being guarded through faith for a salvation to be revealed at the last time. Watch this, folks. You not only trust Jesus and depend on the Spirit, you want to know how to walk in power? You got to step out in faith. You got to step out and say, I believe what God says is true. And when you do that, you step out in faith, and then His power is released. You see, watch this. There's a difference between authority and power. Authority is a position that we have because we're united with Christ. So that when he died on the cross, we were united with him. When he was buried, we were united with him. When he was raised to resurrection power, we were united with him. That's our authority. But you need to understand power is what takes place when you step out in faith in light of the truth of that authority. So when you remind yourself you got the authority and you just sit on it and don't do anything with it, you're going to be powerless. You're not going to be powerful. For example, when a policeman may pull you over on Easter Sunday morning as you're on your way to church to make it in time to get a seat, when he's sitting in his car and he watches you fly by, he's got authority. But he shows his power when he pulls you over and gives you his autograph. That's when he shows you his power. Or when your boss tells you to do something and to fulfill some responsibility at work, he's got authority to do it. He shows power when he says, if you don't, you're fired. There's authority 
and there's power. Or when your spouse tells you, no, we're not going to go there, but you understand what I mean. So there's a difference between authority, that's due to your position. But when till, until, listen to me, listen to me, answer is not up there, look at me. Until you step out in faith and trust God for what he says, you're not going to experience that power. You got the authority because you're connected with him. But till you start stepping out, because here's what the word of God says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you see, power comes when you step out in faith. When you say, I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. But God tells me to trust him. And you step out in faith. The authority is transferred into power. And so as a result, you can walk in power. Can I have an amen to that? That's what we're called to do as people given power. See, you got the power. Say it with me. I got the power. <laughs> See, you got it. But then why do so many Christians walk around powerless, discouraged, defeated, confused, the worst billboard around for what it means to follow Jesus? Because they walk around with his face it's down to the ground and they walk around moaning and complaining and whipping things up instead of being thankful for who they are and that God even woke them up in the morning. Where do you get that from? See, there's things we can do that marginalize his power. Independence marginalizes his power. James says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We got a support group on Thursday night called Celebrate Recovery where people come together who deal with hurts, habits, hangups. And they learn right there that God resists the proud. You know what that means? When you start to stand up and say, I got it. I got it. God says, okay, go for it. And he steps off and waits. But here's what it says. He resists the proud, but he pours grace on the humble. See, when you marginalize his power, when you start to think you can handle it on your or rebellion is a way to marginalize his power. I'm going to do what I want. I don't care what you say. Or rationalization, explaining away things that you know God has already said. That'll marginalize his power. Oh, you got the power, but you're not flipping the switch because you're not taking that authority that you have to release it with the power. See, we have to align our life to release his power. We got to align our life with his truth to release his power. You got the power. Say with me, I got the power. And now it's up to you to plug it in. See, you got to plug it in. You got to connect with it. You got the authority now for it to be released so that you've got patience under trial. That's when you step out in faith. You've got the power, but to release it so that you trust instead of fear. That's when you step out in faith. Pastor Tim Keller tells a great story about a minister who was in Italy. And he saw a grave of a man who had died centuries before, who was an unbeliever and completely against Christianity and really filled with a bunch of fear. 
So the man gave instruction that when he died, a huge stone slab was to be put over his grave so he would not have to be raised from the dead in case if there was a resurrection from the dead. He had insignias and stickers put all over this slab that said, I don't want to be raised from the dead. I don't believe in it. Not sure how he thought that was going to work, but he did. Evidently, when he was buried, Keller writes, an acorn must have fallen into the grave. So a hundred years later, the acorn had grown up through the grave and split that slab. It was now a tall, towering oak tree after a hundred years. The minister looked at it and said, if an acorn, listen to me, if an acorn, which has the power of biological life in it, can split a slab of that magnitude, what can the acorn of God's resurrection power do in a person's life? When you truly take it and grab hold of it, See, the minute you trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you got the power. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. But it's the power of the resurrection when it's released in your life that's able to split up those immovable slabs in your life. Your bitterness, your insecurities, your fears, your self-doubts, those things can be split and rolled off because you got the power. And you're choosing then to step out in faith and let that power out. Say it with me. I got the power. I need to plug it in and let Jesus work. See, that's what he's saying. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. The same power that took the suffering one and gave him crown of glory is the one who has the power to take you and your suffering when you're wearing your crown of thorns and to give you the crown of glory. Oh, you got the power. You just got to plug it in. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. And I thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, it could be you're sitting here today and say, you know, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, Pastor. How do I get one? Scripture says, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. You will be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not a magical prayer of any sort, but if you truly are believing what I said today, it's a way to express it to him. You can pray this in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died for me, was buried, came back to life for me, came into my life, take away my sin. I choose to trust him and him alone. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you prayed it from your heart, the scripture says you now are a child of God. And I encourage you to stop at the Welcome Center. We have some information for you. As well as we're going to offer a discussion group starting at April 15th at the 9.30 hour called Starting Point. 
It's a safe place to ask questions about what it means to be a follower of Christ. How do I know I can trust the Bible? How do I know there even is a God? It's a safe discussion group, and I encourage you, mark it down on your Connect card or sign up in the Welcome Center. My friends, you've got the power. It's up to you to plug it in. Let's stand together and praise God for his amazing, powerful grace that sets us free. Let's worship. <laughs> 